Hello, and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. Every Wednesday and Friday, we bring you interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Christy Wilkerson of Wilkerson Handmade Goods, or Wilkerson Handmade. Sorry about that, Christy. Christy is a what I would call a digital fabricator. She's making beautiful wooden pieces um, using a CNC and a laser predominantly and selling that work uh, online and across craft markets. So uh, it was fun getting to chat with Christy about getting into kind of the digital fabricating space and also like her experience kind of with woodworking for quite some time in her life. <clears throat> Before we hop on into the interview with Christy, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop. Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your uh, continued support helping to produce two episodes a week, every week. If you would like to get your name added to this list, you certainly can. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution. And no matter what tier you pick, your name will get added to the top of the list and you will be thanked at the top of each episode. All right, with no further ado, let's head on into the interview with Christy. Well, Christy, I like to start by having my guests introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Christy Wilkerson and I run own Wilkerson Handmade. Um, I am a woodworker who kind of dabbled in in a little bit here and there, but since I'm finding my niche in CNC work and in, um, you know, trays, especially wood, and then I kind of do some laser work on top of that too. Excellent. So does that mean you, you have a separate laser? from I do okay. yes yeah okay. so I have okay. a universal laser and then I have a stinger CNC okay and then like is this like are you living the dream are you full-time doing this or do you I am full-time <laughs> doing this uh dream is a little bit stressful <laughs> but I think anyone who works for themselves will say that I mean yeah. you, you're happy doing what you're doing but at the same time when you're not working for a company and you're guaranteed that monthly paycheck every single month, uh, it could get a little stressful, especially when COVID hit. Yes. 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 <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to step back and ask the broader question. I want to yeah. know the story of Christy from like baby, itty bitty baby Christy. Oh, like where We're going way up. back. Yeah. Like where you grew up to all the way up to like, how did you get to be working for yourself. Okay. Yeah. So I was basically born in Georgia, but immediately moved up to Ohio. My uh, parents, my dad was from down there. Parents met at Georgia Tech and um, both worked for PNG, which brought us to Cincinnati. So I've lived here my whole life. Um, was, was down there long enough to get a really horrible Southern accent and then lose it very quickly when I moved up North. Uh, milk had three syllables. Mm-hmm. Um, I was that kid that danced. I was a competitive dancer. I've always been artsy. Um, and that's kind of something I think I take after my mom because she's always been the crafter, artsy person. And 
um, all throughout my childhood, I was very artsy. And then I went, when I went to college, I actually started as pre-physical therapy because I've had so many injuries in my life Mm -hmm. and very quickly was like, this isn't passion anymore. I need art. And uh, I went back to marketing advertising because I can't draw a stick figure for crap. (laughs) They have very uneven limbs, maybe a few extra fingers, not symmetrical at all. So I was like, how can I incorporate art and my love of art, but not have to do art? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that became my degree and I don't use it. Uh, I well, went kind of do social media. I, yes, I, I market myself. <laughs> yes. um, I don't use it the way it was intended to be used. <laughs> um, I actually graduated at the height of the recession in 2011. And I was told over and over again, you've too much, you know, not enough experience, try again. And people kept telling me, well, get more education. So I went back for my master's degree um, and I got that. And now I heard too much education, not enough experience. We can't hire you legally for an internship because you have a graduate degree and you have a master's, which means we have to pay you. And I'm like, I don't care, just give me the job. (laughs) And uh, that very quickly proved to be a, I need an income. And my dad has always been a woodworker. Um, He's a hobbyist woodworker. His dad taught him. They, my dad is an engineer. So very engineer minded individual, like very stereotypical engineer. And um, he just loves the way things work. He loves, you know, the very analytical side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's not me, but I've kind of been tinkering with him in the shop, you know, for a while, but not very seriously. Um, just little projects here and there. But he took me to a makerspace open house. My mom and I both went with him. We're like, well, let's make it a family outing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went and the very first room was the laser. And I was kind of like, bye guys, see you later. I found my, <laughs> I'm going to watch this for a while. Like this looks really cool. And that was kind of my intro into this is cool. Can I do something with this? And then when I started playing it with it, I was like, I could start selling stuff. Um, it very quickly morphed and I discovered lathe work. I love lathe. Um, I love the laser. I love, you know, trying to figure out how to make files work and everyone sits there and they're like, well, you know, it's not traditional woodworking and you're doing too much on a computer. And I'm like, yeah, but that's really hard work. (laughs) Like you don't have any clue how hard that is. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of, my my dad, he he loves doing a project based on what tool you buy next. And I kind of benefited from that because he's like, I really want a CNC machine. And I'm like, I could use that. I could use that. Like, okay, (laughs) let's, let's do this. And it took me way too long. I was too intimidated took me I think a year after we got it I was like I I don't know it looks really hard mm-hmm. and when I started using it I was like oh I can crank stuff out on this I'm good um but yeah I kind of runs in the family kind of not maybe the way I do it I think I told my dad I said I think I think granddaddy would be like why is there color and glitter in the workshop like <laughs> what is going on right now especially when I do a glitter blank on the lathe and it just like looks like it's exploded Mm -hmm. everywhere I had to tell my dad once I texted him I was like don't come in the workshop 
I need to clean first. <laughs> so I think he's getting used to used to the colored shaving, yes. the glitter. I think he's getting used to it now. And, and we really enjoy kind of feeding off each other down there. So he definitely helps me out. Awesome. So, I mean, it sounds like, did you then from the get-go, like you started selling things, like did that, it just took off yeah. and you became? Yeah. So I immediately started selling stuff, kind of put up an Etsy shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a lot for me to finally sign up for my first show to sell in person. Um, there was a lot of personal stuff that went on, on in my life. Uh, my brother passed away and I think that was kind of my, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. I need to try. He would want me to try. And so I signed up for my first show and I think it was three months later I did my first show. And, um, that was when things really took off and I really enjoyed the selling aspect and talking to people about, Mm-hmm. what goes into an item and how to make it and all of that. And it kind of just morphed from there. And um, I started on Etsy. I'm still a little bit on Etsy just for search engine stuff. But um, I very quickly after they went public was like, I need my own website. So I started that. And now I almost primarily all of my business is on my website. Amazing. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about the loss of your brother. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. It's never easy losing a family member. No, it is not. So my brain is all scattered for one, (laughs) one, because I potentially, you know, it's not even like, yeah, there's just potential that a CNC could be coming into my life. And I know. And so like, I'm really excited. So my background, I have a degree in manufacturing technology, uh, dual majors in design and automation. So like, I learned CNC and like learned old school G code and had to like, like really under be able to like read through it, make sure it was making all the right cuts and everything like that. And so I learned that in college and then I haven't, like I personally haven't touched a CNC basically since my college days. And we'll just say it's been a bit, it's been a minute since my well, first college of all, Kudos to you for knowing G code because I know what it is. I know how to look at it, but I could not have written it from scratch. (laughs) So kudos to you for that. And you will find today's CNCs a whole lot easier. Oh, I I am sure. And I I mean, I paid my way through college, basically taking like AutoCAD job after AutoCAD job. So like, awesome. I know how to 2D model and 3D model and all of that. And so when like this kind of came on the horizon or I started thinking more about it, I was like, Because the reality is like my furniture business is not successful. (laughs) It's just not successful. That's the reality of like my world. (laughs) And so I'm like, hmm, if I really want to like be working for myself and Mm -hmm. get out of like working for somebody else and all of this, I was like, I really want to kind of go like the automation route so that I can like cranking shit out out. (laughs) yes like crank it out (laughs) that's me that is always on my mind of like can we get the time limit even lower on the cnc can the the time you know run time go just a little bit little bit quicker especially when i gotta crank out things that maybe take two hours and i'm like i have two weeks like between shows like we gotta go (laughs) so i mean part of like part of my brain like i totally and i'll probably just like 
now you're just be forewarned. I'm going to be messaging you like all the time. Please do. Please do. Because <laughs> um, I'm already in this mindset of like, I totally understand the work. I really do. I think, I think I definitely learned that in school, but then also like my day job puts me into like manufacturing facilities and watching just like the programming process and like, like all of that takes a lot more time than anybody realizes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I have people at shows all the time and they're like, oh, this doesn't look like, oh, my husband's a woodworker. He can make that. And I'm like, "Mm, okay, whatever. Right. (laughs) Sure. I know know somebody posted a a show TikTok this weekend of somebody saying that, like the husband being like, I'll make that for you. And her comment was like, yeah, but will you really? (laughs) I would like more wives like that when I have people say that. I was like, oh, I can make that for you. Like, but will you really? Anyways, I've heard all of it. I'm sure. All of it. I'm sure. (laughs) (sighs) Yes, I've had men like get down and like look under and see all my like joinery and stuff to see like how I'm doing it. I'm just like, I literally have men (laughs) every single show, and I will have one at least one who, as soon as they ask, "Who are you selling this for?" Mm -hmm. and I say, "I'm the woodworker." I it's like a light bulb goes off over their head and they're like oh we're gonna get her we're gonna yep. get her and then it's like let's, let's ask all the questions yes. we can find to catch her in a lie and they'll start asking about the type of wood and how, what tools I used and what were the processes and how did you do xyz and I just rapid fire shoot it back at them and then they finally reach a point every single one of them of like crap she might have made this Right. And then they don't even admit anything. They yeah. They just walk away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. It's like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> to you. Exactly. So, I mean, that's what's kind of like, I've been like already being like, okay, should I start creating files? Should I start yeah. like, you know, yeah. working? On- start creating those files because seriously, I did that too. I started creating files way before I started even actually doing anything on the CNC until I finally worked up the courage to, okay, this is a big, scary machine, especially for someone who didn't right. start machining right? and do the files. Get excited because that gets you excited for then using the machine. So here's the next question then. Yeah. Because there's like so, there's so much you can do, right? With the CNC. And so like, much. And especially since you have both the CNC and the laser. See, here's where my thing is. I'm like, I know I'm going to get the CNC and then I'm going to be like, but I need a laser too. Should I have gotten the other one? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's like, are you making all, it feels like you're doing all your own custom designs. A lot of them are my own designs. There are a few that I sit there and I'm like, I can't make this any better. And I pay commercial fee to use. Um, very few. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my CNC work is my own. And um, the only thing that I may use other files on is the laser so that I can mass produce stuff because, man, I have no degree in, in uh, digital design. Mm-hmm. I am self-taught on Illustrator and, um, you know, like all of the yeah. software. So I basically, you know, reach out to YouTube you and I'm like, let's figure out how to do something and I know none of the terms on actually how to figure out to do these so it may take me a couple days to figure out what I'm even trying to say I want to do and then I find it in a forum like buried way deep Mm -hmm. down um 
digital design is hard for me. It's, it's a very hard concept for me. I, as much as I would love to be able to draw, I just can't, but then I don't know how to translate that to digital. So I'm slowly getting better. Um, I started over three years ago and I'd like to say my digital design has progressed (laughs) a lot in that time. Um, I definitely know how to do things a lot quicker now. And I know all the Mm -hmm. shortcuts, Um, but digital design, it's, it's the one thing that I think holds me back from making even more. Yeah. Hey, Pond Squad. I would like to give a big shout out and thanks to this week's sponsor, Rockport Works. They offer safety footwear that suits people's occupation and lifestyle by incorporating performance, safety, and style into every shoe and boot. Each shoe features a slip-resistant outsole and a toe cap varying between steel, alloy, and composite. Other features such as electrical hazard and shock protection are also available depending on your safety needs. So Rockport delivers extraordinary technology-based comfort using the latest advances in construction and design to create both modern and classic shoe styles. So whatever the outfit, they've got you covered. Their goal is to support your style, to take you from work to leisure and everything in between. Try Rockport Works for yourself and change the world without changing your shoes. Now, they offered to send me some boots and I said, hey, look here, I got lots of boots. I got plenty of boots. I really, really, really need a shoe that's going to work for me out in the workshop because right now, if I don't feel like wearing my work boots, I'm wearing my tennis shoes and Not only is it hard on the tennis shoes, those aren't really the best to wear protection and safety wise out in the shop. So they sent me a pair of their True Stride uh, work shoes, which are these slip-on shoes that have a zipper on them and they consist of moisture wicking micro mesh liner and a leather upper. And they've got this nice little cushion in the heel that really is helpful for my lower back personally. They have these shoes available in sizes from six to 12 in both M and W widths. I went with W because I've got a wide foot and I'm just gonna let you know. So I went ahead and ordered my standard like eight wides and they do run a little bit big on me, but I love them even more for that, honestly, because that makes them easier to slip on and off. So I just slip right in, head on out to the garage, do some work, come in, take them off, don't track sawdust all over the house. So it is, fantastic. Um, The shoe, besides being super cool and comfy, also meets all ASTM safety standards and requirements. All right, so if you want to try out a pair of the True Stride shoes or any of their other work boots and shoes, um, head on over to Rockport Works and you can use discount code FREEMAN 25. That's Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, 25, to get 25% off of your purchase at checkout. So take advantage of this super sweet deal for listeners of the pod and head on over and check out Rockport Works. All right, let's head back into the episode. I mean, I see, I follow you, so I see like the trays and like, I still, I love your rainbow. Uh, Thank you. I do too. (laughs) They Um, are my favorite line. Yeah. But I haven't seen like, like, I don't see you necessarily like cranking out signs or that kind of stuff. Is that? I think signs are just such an oversaturated market with laser makers. Um, 
I'm a part of a lot of Facebook laser groups, Facebook CNC groups. Um, signs are just one of those things that I, I see people and they're like, oh, we're selling hundreds of signs a month. And we put one out on Facebook marketplace and I, and I paid off my laser and I'm like, I don't know quite how much I believe that because I can't sell a sign to save my life. Um, and there's just, there's so many people that sell. It's such a trend right now. Those farmhouse signs with the words and the the phrases and they're everywhere. And that's the problem is they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to be something that people haven't seen at a million booths before they get to me. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, my, my thought was like, Cause I've started doing some research. Cause my thought is like in this area where I'm at, like what also like what other businesses could I serve? Cause I feel like yes. beyond just like an individual person, like buying a yeah. one thing off of me, like getting in with the businesses and we have the wholesales a, are important. Yeah. And we have a big like art community here. So like okay. a lot of like artists, you know, are selling their own stuff too. So I was like, I don't know. I see, like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like, yes, like the farmhouse signs and stuff like that. I feel like there's like a ton of those, but like, I was thinking more like company commercial Commercial signs. signs. Yeah. Yeah. We have where I am in Cincinnati, there's a couple different um, makers that have lasers and have really big ends with companies. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of go more the wholesale route, um, where I'm not doing the one-off customer stuff, Mm -hmm. but I work with like wedding venues where Mm -hmm. once a month they send me the bride and groom names and I do custom cutting boards for them where I laser engrave it. And that's kind of my Mm -hmm. income besides the one-off things it shows. And that's really smart too. Like I've also, I've had instances where I've gotten in good with like realtors and like, that space is like yep. something that you can really get into as well. Yeah. Especially when the market is as good right now as it is in the housing market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those real estate agents are buying stuff. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah. So how do you, I mean, so you've gone the wholesale route and stuff. Like how did you even yeah. figure out like, like Ooh. where to go, how to find business. Yep. <laughs> Still kind of tiptoeing through that. I got really lucky um, with my first wholesale customer. Um, I went to a women entrepreneur meeting right before COVID hit. And it was just a, it was a event that they brought women together with women who have really successful local businesses. And they talked about finding your ideal client, finding you know, your marketing niche, mm-hmm. finding, you know, the, all the ins and outs of business. And even though I have a business degree, like I don't know ins and outs of small business. And so I figured it didn't hurt to meet other women entrepreneurs. And um, I was the only maker um, at this event, but there were a lot of women who owned wedding venues, who were wedding photographers, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Um, it was really cool to meet all these women and I actually made friendships with a couple of them. And that's how I have wedding venues that I work with. And mm-hmm. from there that kind of built my confidence to be like, okay, let's reach out to some places. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still nowhere cool. near where I need to be. I need yeah. to reach out more. But <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's the networking, right? And yes, networking is hard, especially in a COVID world Yeah, and a world where like, 
I'm sure you understand we work from home. Yeah. And then it's like, how do you get that networking that people get at a corporate job? Like my yeah. boyfriend before COVID happened or, you know, works for a big corporation and he's like, oh yeah, so-and-so at work getting together with them. And I'm like, what's that like? Like, <laughs> how do so, you, do you just like go walk up to a random person in your job and be like, we're friends now? Like, yeah. I don't know. my cat is my best coworker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he wins employee of the month all the time. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we, it's, so it's funny. I mean, I worked in corporate America and um, funny story, unless this stuff starts taking off, I'm going back to corporate America. So um, that's the, I never found my way into it, even though I tried. (laughs) That was, that was my reality, but I would say, yes, like there's, there's pros and cons to all of that. Right. So some of the pros is even for an introvert like me, I think what COVID has taught me is even as much as I really enjoy spending time with nobody else but myself, even I need like the occasional human interaction. Yeah. We all need the human interaction. I miss my my weekly trivia nights with friends and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Like that's nope. the number one thing I miss in life right now. I mean, besides like the you know, interaction I get with my kids is like teachers that drop off and pick up. That's about like <laughs> the extent outside of my four person family yeah. that I get. Um, yeah. I've honestly thought about uh, joining one of those like local workspaces for all the people who work from home for themselves. Yeah. I've thought about doing one of those subscriptions where I get like a couple days a month and just go do my digital design surrounded by other people and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> Maybe also maybe in the off season I'll start doing that. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, but that that actually I think it hits on a point. And I mean, almost obviously, I talk to all makers on the podcast. So, you know, and quite a few of them, it is their full-time gig. And so they are home <laughs> working by themselves yep. all the time and and um isolated. And I think the pros to that is. I don't do well being told what to do. So it works that I tell myself what to do. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was not in the military for a very good reason. Um, But, (laughs) but again, the not having, I mean, I think that's what makes things like workbench con, like the, the, you know, magic that it is, is because it's like, you're finally around people who like, they don't even have to do you. exactly what you do, yeah. but they make. And so it's but like, they get you, they get you. And I don't know about you, but it's like, I come back with like so many ideas of what to make just in like yeah. talking to everybody. So I don't know. It's like, I wonder if there's is some benefit to your point, like the coworker spaces or even going to maker spaces, even if you already have all the tools just yes. to like have that create creative like bounce back and forth it definitely was one of the highlights of, of the makerspace was having people to talk to seeing other people's projects that obviously we're not copying but we're sparking ideas and talking about you know like oh I don't know how to do this and and just sharing information and wisdom was really awesome and just getting sitting there and okay fine the machine has to run for the next hour I can just sit and talk to people right um it was really great and while I miss that aspect I don't miss the aspect of the machines being broken all the time. Mm-hmm. That was what sparked me to buying my own laser. Finally was when the machine I'd, I'd, you know, yep. get time and I'd get there and they're like, Oh, it's broken. I'm like, 
okay Hey. <laughs> like, right. I'll sit and talk for a few minutes. Right. But right. If I'm not yeah. getting anything done, I'm not staying. Um, yeah. I do I do appreciate that. And that was where I first took my first CNC class to figure out if it was something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I came home and I was like, hey dad, this is what we what we made. And I'm not quite sure about this because like this looks like crap. Um and he looks at me he's like, Yeah, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong, and you needed a better <laughs> bit, and that sucks. Yeah because you didn't use a good bit and I was like good to know it won't all look that crappy yeah yeah I mean maker spaces are that great place where you get to learn new techniques and new meet new people and ours had classes for everything um my dad actually he's retired and he uh the maker space has this plan thing with his former employer where you can get money for continuing education if it's something that you can make a living doing um I mean some people were like oh we're gonna take golf lessons and the company was like not quite what we meant Mm -hmm. but um my my dad went and took all the classes at the makerspace and he usually took them before I did and was like hey try this one try this one these are good this guy's good this person knows what they're talking about maybe this one doesn't but that's what I like about them is Mm -hmm. I could learn something from anybody. Um, we have everything from embroidery to the CNC machines, plasma cutters, mm-hmm. um, and the full work- workshop, which if I need a drum sander, it is not in my basement. So that does get me over to the makerspace. Yeah, we have we do have a makerspace in um, my area as well. And I was a member and was going and using machinery and then COVID. Um, <laughs> and then when like, that's like, just like a, yep. Yeah, it was like there was like six, you know, I think I paid membership for like nine months and didn't go at all because yeah, like I'm like, I'm not going into a space where like, these, you know, there's potential for other people to be walking around with no masks and all yep. of that. And then also they were like, they had kind of converted the space. They were making like face shields for um, like a lot of the like because we also it's also a university town we have a university hospital so they were making like face shields for all the healthcare workers they were making PP, yep. ppe for all of the hospitals okay yep. so i was like okay i'm not gonna get in the way and i'm also not gonna go get breathed on and get the covid so gonna- I, trust me i understand <laughs> I, uh, i'm glad i stopped going before covid because that would have been a very hard decision for me um there are some days though that I'm still like, I kind of think I want to go back just for the camaraderie, but then yeah. I'm like, I, but I don't have time to talk anymore. Like I got to crank, crank stuff out at a ridiculous rate now that I just don't have the time, especially when I'm working until like 11 or midnight at night and they're not open that late. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, so like, is your dad your coworker sometimes? Is he? That is kind of, yeah. I mean, this is, let's just go ahead and admit this is a full family operation. <laughs> mom waxes and oils just about everything while I'm doing something else dad is basically my why isn't this working <laughs> uh engineer I need you um he I mean he's taught me everything I know so when I don't know something I go to him and it's often a phone call upstairs going can you come downstairs I need your help um I'm lucky enough that I live with family right now so we share I share his workshop and my tools have just been added to it. So okay. if I had had to, if I had wanted to do this and had to retrofit a shop by myself, I would not be where I am right now. I would not have any of the tools. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the ability. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, 
yeah, he, he definitely helps me a lot in the shop and heck he, he adds project ideas all the time. He's like, what if we do like, he's got a project downstairs that he's like, I'm going to create the CNC file for it. Let's see how it goes. Um, and then there's the boyfriend who the boy, the boyfriend bless his heart. He does so much sanding. It's not funny <laughs> when I am in crunch mode and there's a show in a week and none, none of the CNC pieces are sanded. And of course, none of them are like just a straight circle that my orbital right, fits right. in and we're done. He is down there hand sanding edges and corners and using the Dremel. And I mean, he, bless his heart, he's wearing my old pink RZ mask and <laughs> my pink safety glasses. <laughs> and I finally bought him some ear protection because I'm usually running the CNC while he's down there doing it. And we can spend hours down there not saying a word to either one and I'll be on the CNC, he'll be sanding. And this is definitely a, I don't think you can do this without family help. I mean, I see people at shows all the time that show up by themselves and set stuff up. And I'm just like, I don't think I could do this without my family. My mom helps me at shows. Um, she's my person that if I need to go to the bathroom or mm-hmm. step away, uh, I can because I have someone that I trust to watch the booth. And the boyfriend is kind of starting to do more of the shows. Um mm-hmm. He's now kind of like pumped. He's like, yeah, let's do this. Like, let's do two shows in one day and I'll do a show. And we tried that and it went well. Um, so we're, he's like, so let's do more. Um, I trust him though, because I mean, he's my number one hype person. And he he definitely does the marketing at shows better than I do. Because I feel awkward talking about my own product. Mm-hmm. So he's better at that. Um, so I don't mind giving him his own show. <laughs> It's definitely a full family. I mean, the German Shepherd is in the shop too. So she's now honorary shop dog. Uh-huh. She's, she's the emotional support animal of don't stress out too much. It's yes. okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely full family affair. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't done anything with like a serious, like serious cannot be moved deadline for a while. Um, I'm really lucky. Stressful. Yeah, I'm really lucky. Usually the clients I get, I'm pretty f- upfront and I'll be like, I'm telling you it's this time frame. And then I'm also guaranteeing you at the end of this time frame, I'm going to tell you I need more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. tell you the deadline isn't really the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that right now. Yes. Especially with holiday season coming up. Holiday shows are just like, they're madness. They're yes. absolute madness. And uh Shows aren't still where they used to be with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. There's just not as many of them this right. year. And those that are there, they're, they're trying to do, you know, spread out. So there's fewer yes. vendors. Um, but I'm lucky enough to have some really amazing every month shows here in Cincinnati that um, I get repeat customers every month. And I, you know, there's always, they have a huge following. So there's always thousands of people coming through and it's always a good weekend. Um, this year I started branching out, trying new shows and, man, there's some difference between Natty and some other shows, um, some other cities. So I I started branching out within Ohio. And then last two weekends ago, the show I was just at was in Virginia. So that was fun. I got to see family. I don't, I've never had family come to a show before. Mm -hmm. Um, they're all so spread out in the U S that like getting to them is at least six hours. Right. Um, it was really nice to have family show up to a show for the first time. I've always kind of watched from the sidelines other vendors who 
they have all this family showing up and oh it's so good to see you and I'm like oh I miss <laughs> like I want that yeah and so it was really nice like it just filled my heart so much to finally have that show where cousins are showing up and my aunt aunt showed up and it was just it was really fantastic to have people there yeah yeah I feel like I mean I gave up shows a long time ago now if I get this CNC probably might be back might be back because I could do smalls I mean I gave it up because it's like after like the fifth time of moving full-on furniture I'm like yeah your items are a little big right now (laughs) oh no trust me every time I do a show I look at my mom and I'm like why didn't I do something really small and lightweight why do I have wood that I need an entire pickup truck with an extended camper top on it and I need two extra strength dollies just to maybe make it so I only break out in a full sweat, not a full double sweat. Right. <laughs> I literally take an extra change of clothes to shows so that after setup, I run to the bathroom and change my clothes so that I don't look like a hot mess. Yeah, that's smart. No, that's smart. What is heavy? What is so heavy? It is so heavy. And like you said, so like, I mean, because I mean, my kiddos are still not as small as they were when I did do shows but when I did do shows they were super small so the best way my like wife could help is keep the kids home and stay home with the kids so that they're like not underfoot and asking me why 30,000 times on the way to (laughs) to the booth set up and all that (laughs) how old are they now they're eight and almost six so perfect age to start integrating them back into shows because I'm telling you (laughs) booths that have kids in them they're making money like hotcakes no one can say no to to an adorable kid my niece is two and a half and uh let's just say when she's old enough I'll be like you want to help me at Christy at the shows like let's let's go yeah I could totally for an hour I could totally see my almost six-year-old now just like walking around the booth and being like, and my mommy made this and she made this. <laughs> just Those are great like, skills though. Yeah. And when they get old enough, they can run the cash register and there that's a great life skill. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff kids could learn from being at, at shows. Yes. It would be, it would be my son who would totally um, be like, I'm not going, I'm staying home and playing on my switch. That would be. His. I get that. <laughs> And it's hot outside. No, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so it wasn't, it was like, it was me and it was me moving like large pieces yeah. of furniture. 30,000 oh, by like, myself either. <laughs> no, yeah. it was like, okay. And that whole bathroom thing is legit. Like, yes. I'm like, I didn't even think about that till I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I really gotta pee (laughs) yes it is like my my boyfriend when he does shows by himself and he's getting ready right now I'm prepping for two shows the day after we get back from a week-long Disney trip so (laughs) I'm like okay so we go to Disney we have 24 hours and then we both have a show separate and I'm like okay so I gotta prep stuff for him but I'm also like on him right now like you need help get with your friends who's helping you set up who's helping you to tear down who's coming for lunch break so you can pee without taking the cash box to the bathroom (laughs) that was the number one thing the first show he did I was like you are not like what are you gonna do with the cash box and you have pee goes I'll take it into the bathroom I was like you will not (laughs) I think his mom heard heard me all the way from upper Ohio and was like I'll come help him (laughs) 
So I even had the boyfriend's family helping on that show. There you go. So do you think, like you said, you've got some like monthly ones that like have repeat customers coming back to your space every time? Do you think there's a time in the future you get to get away from shows if you've built like this following? I would love to. Um, My ultimate dream would be have a storefront shop combo. That would be the ultimate dream. Um, Space is expensive. Yes, it is. (laughs) That's like the number one. I mean, what keeps anyone from doing anything? Money. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love one. I mean, right now, my space that I'm working in with my dad is very cramped. Um, A lot of times I'll set up my tables for shows in the garage and that's the oiling waxing station um, because there's just no room in the shop. Um, I think that keeps me from doing a lot more stuff is just not having room. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love a space and I've actually looked at some just dreaming. Like what Mm -hmm. else did all the rest of us do during COVID when we had nothing to do? Like we started dreaming. Um, (laughs) I was, I was no different than anyone else. I'm like, I got a lot of time on my hands. Let's research box trucks. Let's research. Like that was another (laughs) thing that I was like, man, it would be great if I went to shows and I didn't have to set up every time. What would it be like to roll in with a box truck truck and pop the bottom down and people can just walk in and all the shelves are already up. And I was like, this sounds amazing. And then I was like, and that's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that is still very high on my dream list. A lot of shows around here, like love mobile units. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very, that would be a much closer dream than a storefront. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to just take the mobile unit and go around town and be able to show up at coffee shops yeah. and show up other places and not have to do the pop-up and the setup because yes. a lot of my display is hand set up every single time. So I have a shelf unit that's made of pipe and wood um, shelves and the whole pipe ladder, I have two ladders and then the pipes go across. That whole thing with a hex key needs to be put together every time. And it's heavy mm-hmm. um, and it's a two person job. Like I could never do it by myself. So a box truck would be like, the number one thing but it would need an ac unit in it like mm-hmm. let's be real yes um <laughs> but yeah i think that would be my first dream and then my mm-hmm. second would eventually be a shop to go with the mobile unit because mobile units are hot right now in cincinnati um they're just really popular because they can just you know a company can be like hey come yeah set up for a day in front of our shop and in the parking lot and coffee shops around here love that kind of thing So I would really love to be able to do that and not be tied to just monthly shows and be able to have the income maybe in the middle of the week too. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. My dream for a long time, and I don't know, it still kind of is, is to like eventually, I I totally want to do a bus conversion someday too. Uh, oh, to an RV type thing, but I, I also wanna, videos. I know, but I also want to like make it so like the back door is open and there's like all my power carving stuff and like yeah. like just like be able to pull over on the side of the road and power carve and like be like, hey, I've got inspiration out the window. Let's exactly. Do this. <laughs> yeah. I oh, during COVID, I went down that rabbit hole of bus yes. conversions, short bus conversions, yes. RV conversions. <laughs> van life yes I went so hard down that rabbit hole that I follow a lot of them and I'm just like this is interesting yes my boyfriend is like we're never doing this I feel like (laughs) I'm like I don't necessarily want to do it I just find it really entertaining how they can fit so much stuff in a small space (laughs) 
I feel like your boyfriend and my wife would get along because I was like, I was sitting at like the start of COVID and like going into like our third month of our kids being home and like I'm teaching them and she's working from home and my work had gone to pretty much nothing. And so like, I was like, seriously, why can't we just buy an RV? Kids are learning from home anyways. I'd rather be learning from home like on a mountain in Colorado. Somewhere really right pretty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, why not just have a good view? I knew people who literally packed up and went and went and lived somewhere for a month. Or um, I know another maker who went and lived in Montenegro for six weeks because she works, she's an artist and can do her, you know, she's a watercolor artist, yeah. can do it anywhere. And her husband works from home. And I was like, oh, I am so jealous of you right now. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could, I, I wish I could pack my laser into a suitcase or my CNC yes. into a suitcase so I could go do that. Yes. Yes. I'm that would be the ultimate fun. But yeah, my, my boyfriend is like, why? Ooh, he has ooh. a big pit bull and he's like, I, that's just cramped space. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm working on at least talking my wife into it for when we're empty nesters and the kids aren't home. I'm mm. like, come on. Like at least take like a week long yeah. trial trip in like yeah. a rented one. They're we actually a place really pricey. They're really pricey to rent. Oh. They are. Are so- they really? Yeah, they're like. That's a bummer to hear. They have like a nightly price, and then they okay. also have like a price per mile you drive. So. So they're basically a U-Haul. Like, yes. come on. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, because I've wanted, I like really want to do that when we do like a cross-country trip versus flying I'm like let's make a like thing out of it but you can it gets, pull over whenever exactly but it gets so expensive and I'm like who rents these just to go to a campground 30 miles away nobody no I want to go on the trails <laughs> yeah find the campground that no one else is at exactly <laughs> okay well then I have a feeling you and I are just gonna have to take the road trip and we can leave the Perfect. significant others at home done <laughs> We'll, we'll pull one of those little tiny um, U-Haul things with tools in it so that we yes. can work wherever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you kind of like, you talked about it a little bit with your, at shows, getting the like that one guy who's going to show yeah. up and like <laughs> question you. Um, but in general, like as you've been taking this journey, especially coming from like a marketing business like school background Mm -hmm. like what's that been like to be I guess like female in this space hard (laughs) really hard and I know you get that Mm -hmm. um I am often questioned whether or not I know what I'm doing I get questions about what tool is this people trying to trip me up um just this past show that I did there was a wood turner at the booth caddy corner to me and he was talking to another woodworker there about CNC machines. Something I know a little bit about yeah, since yeah. I use one on a regular basis and operated. And I kind of re- leaned out of my booth and in my back of my head, I was like, Christy, this is going to go horribly wrong. But I kind of put my two cents in and just kind of was like, hey, you know, I heard you talking about X, X, CNC. Maybe look at this. And, and I asked, I was like, what are you planning on using it for? And one of them looked at the other and went, oh my God, a woman talking woodworking and literally walked away. And then the other one actually stayed there just because it's his booth and he had nowhere to go. And then as soon as I walked away, the other guy came back and was like, she's a woman. What does she know? 
And I just, I'm like, you do realize that my booth is only canvas. I can hear everything you're saying. I get it a lot. I get the, who are you selling this for? Your husband or your dad? Mm -hmm. Um, I finally started wearing shirts that say I make pretty things with power tools. And I still get people asking. Um, Last show, I had my first woman ever ask who made it. And that was equally frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we as women are, it's harder to get off the ground. Prices aren't respected. Mm -hmm. I get that a lot. Um, I will, at every show I do, like when I go to the bathroom, I'll take a lap before I come back. And I don't really stop at anything too long, maybe to look at other woodworkers just to see like what they're doing, what their price points are. And their price points are already double, triple mine. And I could never ask that price because I think people see women and they don't think that we have all the knowledge that men do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of say that to my mom a lot. I'm like, if I was a guy, I could sell this for double the price. And that gets really frustrating, uh, especially when I'll make something that no other man woodworker has ever seen. And they'll sit there and be like, oh, well, that's easy. Well, wait, how'd you do it? And I'm like, well, if you, if you have to ask how I did it, we're not having this discussion. Right. Um, right. And, and I have learned it's it's weird so the younger male woodworkers are totally fine with women being in the space Mm -hmm. it's the old white guys that have the issue of us being in the space and I have made some great woodworking friends um I really don't have all that many women just because there aren't many of us but made a friend of a woodworker who's about my age at one of the shows that I do and then funnily enough I was in the cardiologist's office having a stress test and the guy that was doing my stress test was like hey I'm a woodworker too and he contacted me on Instagram after and he's like I'm sorry this is weird if it is weird just ignore this right and he's like I totally like we were so busy doing the test I I didn't mention like I'm a woodworker too and I've actually done some um, laser stuff for him now he's local and he's really cool he's sponsored by RZ I'm like how did I not know you were local and here and all of that and it's been really nice to have other local woodworkers to talk to, but I am always the only woman, um, which, which I get the question a lot of what does your husband think mm-hmm. of you doing this? And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not married, but thank you for, for, uh, for, you know, assuming. And, and assuming then I get a lot a male on the other end. I mean, in your case, it is correct, but <laughs> it does not always mean that it's always correct. Exactly. Like, <laughs> And they always assume, and I'm just like, can we, can we get away from that? Like, can, and I've had people ask, like, not even the, who made it, but the, where'd you buy all this? Mm. Do you want to talk raw supplies or my time? Right. I, I just, it's, it's one of those things that in the beginning, whoever was doing the show with me, we'd place bets on how many times it would be brought up. Um, now it's, kind of almost irritating but it's something I have to deal with and Mm -hmm. uh, I've now kind of adjusted and learned to adjust how I speak to people at shows because of that and if it's older men who walk in the booth it's not just a hey guys how's it going today just to you know be friendly Mm -hmm. it's a hey guys how are you Um, let me know if you have any questions I'm the woodworker and can answer them and I just like drop that right off the bat and I'm like there is no question here don't even ask me and let's just put it out there. 
Yeah. I, I picked that tip up from a woman welder and she, she saw that I was another woman in a male dominated mm-hmm. field. And she's like, I don't let that shit slide. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, I, I tell them automatically, I'm the welder. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you have any questions. And I was like, I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm the woodworker. Let me know if you have any questions. Yeah. It gets a lot of people not asking. And it it's one of those things that it's just, I really didn't understand how hard that would be when I started. I knew that it, there weren't many women. But before I started doing shows, I really didn't understand the reaction people would have mm-hmm. to that and why it's such a strong reaction. Yeah. I still don't understand that. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code MAKERMOM, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. Well, it's still that broader public, right? Like I've had this conversation on the podcast, like, and I do want to separate out actually like maker community versus woodworker community, where I would say like maker community, I feel is um, very supportive. Uh, Yes. You know, hands down way more than any other like uh, community of craftspeople woodworkers I'm with you in the sense of like at least in my local community like I know of a few woodworkers all but one of them are old white guys and the one woman I know she is an old white woman and she actually treats me just as poorly as the old white guys and I'm like okay I get it you were made to pay your dues. Guess what? I'm not paying my dues. I just won't show up to your shit. (laughs) I don't need to deal with it. (laughs) Like not. I literally looked into some woodworker groups in Cincinnati and on the website, there's not a single woman or person of color. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I am not. I'm not going to make this okay by going. Like I just, I can't. Yep. So, so there's that difference. And then yes, the broader like communities as a whole, yeah. They're like, whoa, wait a second. Like, there's yes. somebody who's not just like a white dude with white hair who's making all of yeah, this. Yeah. Yes. I definitely get the two different reactions of, oh, a woman made this or the, oh my God, a woman made this. Like, <laughs> right. this is, like I, there's two ways it goes. Yes. And when the people are so truly excited about it, it makes doing what I do worth it. And um, it's, it's one of those things that, the woodworking community already has that divide between traditional woodworking and machine woodworking. Oh, and DIY. And on top, like there's another. And DIY. And, <laughs> yes. and then like add on top of that, you know, you've got, I'm already not doing true woodworking right. because I'm not using hand tools and I'm using a CNC and a laser and then I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, how's that little hobby of yours? Mm-hmm. 
even people I went to college with, I get the, how's your hobby? It's not a hobby. How's your job? Like, right. how, how's your hobby? Like, right. <laughs> is your corporate nine to five? Is that a hobby? <laughs> Mine's a whole lot more than nine to five. Yeah. I go to sleep thinking about what I need to do the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, um, I mean, it's an, it is an uphill battle. I mean, yes that's you know why like this podcast exists no this is, this is why this is awesome is it, it lets women know they're not alone and I love that because man when I first started I you know it was hard and then I went to work VinchCon and saw all these ladies and met you and it was amazing and I did get the occasional at work VinchCon of oh, you use a CNC and a lathe, you're not a true woodworker. And I was shocked that people would say that to yeah. me. And I'm like, aren't we at a woodworking? Like, yeah. But, but then, but then <laughs> I find people that I'm like, okay, they get me, they understand. Yeah. And it really, I didn't realize there was a divide in the traditional woodworking and what I do until I went to work pinch con. I guess I was in my own little bubble. Yeah, it's, I mean, I was like, like I, oh. Yeah, like I said, and then you bring in like DIY. So I've like, I've sorted out that difference just in the guests I've had on the podcast. So like, because I will, I call anybody who creates something where they're not where nothing was before it, <laughs> like a maker, right? If you create yeah. something out of nothing, like you're a maker. And so I'm going to talk to like, the woman who like started DIY remodeling her house after like having her fourth kid. I'm going to talk to her on the podcast just Absolutely. as much as I'm going to talk to the person who has a MFA and studied like traditional uh, woodworking and furniture making. Like I'm yeah. talking to both of them. And to me, their stories both matter. Yes. But it, it I don't know. It's the same, I guess, to me in the and, and you may or may not be aware of this, but in the queer community, we all divide ourselves up into like our silos. Yeah. And then we like push hate at the other groups within there. And I'm like, really? Like, we're like, we're kind of like towards the bottom. <laughs> yes, I have some friends that are in that in that community. Yeah. And they're like, I don't understand why we have to hate each other. Why can't we all just rally together? Yeah. <laughs> so to me, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, yeah. woodworking as a craft or makers as a whole, yeah. like, we should all just, we be are a dying breed. And yes. I wish that people would just come together and be like, we're all really cool. Yeah. We all have really great abilities and we all have really great ideas. Let's just promote each other, love each other, support each other instead of what we do. And I just, it'll be in any community. And it, yeah. it never makes sense to me because especially like women who think competition is the woman that's doing the same thing as them. And I'm like, but that also means that there's room for both of you to be doing what you're doing. And I mean, people don't do exactly what I do. Like, right. so I don't see the problem. And even if they did, like, yeah, you're one person. If we both have customers, then what's the problem? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have actually still find myself in that trap sometimes, like on social media, especially if I see like another woman, like got some big, whatever, big deal whatever yeah. that I would look that I would die to have like I instantly start like in my head tearing her down and I've come to the point of like stopping and being like 
the fuck Katie like no I'm right there with you you I do it too especially when it's someone who does something very similar to me and then I sit there and I'm like but why like there can be more than one of us it's really hard not to compare especially when you're already a minority in the Mm -hmm. group and the other day actually I sat there and I was like I bet you men don't do this I bet you men in this community sit there and think that they're you know some of them god's given gift yeah and they don't have to think about competition no because there isn't any right <laughs> they all like especially when i go onto youtube and i'll try to find something on woodworking mm-hmm. or makerspace and men collaborate like no other yep women don't and that was shocking to me a very shocking realization the other day of like why aren't women collaborating more or why aren't men collaborating with women right we're good we have just as equally good ideas yes yeah there was another podcast I was like listening to and kind of talking about that dichotomy and it's because women are still functioning from a space of a headspace of scarcity and men are still functioning from a headspace of world is my oyster yeah and so that is why so like I mean Personally, what I do when I find myself like starting to do the whole teardown, I stop myself, I go to that person's page and I cheer the fuck out of them for their, for the work that they did, you know, cause I'm like, that's the only way I'm going to break the cycle that's within myself that's doing that. And then having things like, like this podcast, like it, it, it intentionally makes me, helps me amplify other voices and yeah. really focus on like. Yes, I want to do really well, but guess what? I want all of us to do really well. I want we, us we all, all to need all women to do well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I'm the same way. I try on the accounts that I do follow. I mean, I follow both men yeah. and women, but I do comment and like and share way more on women's because yeah. it makes a better difference. Yeah. They need it because men have way too many men already following them who, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't need the boost. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone needs the boost, but right. I feel like women just need to be held up a little bit more. So when I when I am in in my comment mode, yep. I'm always commenting and liking other women women makers posts way more than mm-hmm. men. Yeah, I'm constantly like also searching out new female accounts and new, especially new women of color accounts. Like I am like yeah. I am damned to make this Instagram algorithm learn that this is what. I want to yeah. be served. That this is acceptable. <laughs> oh, it yes. doesn't need to be all the same. Yes. <laughs> when you find those awesome new women, send them my way because yes. <laughs> I will absolutely follow too. Yes. Sometimes I, I that's mean, hard to find the new makers. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not that big of an account. I only have about a thousand followers. And heck, I definitely did a dance when I reached that thousand a couple yeah. weeks ago <laughs> because I'd been dancing around it yep. for like <laughs> months of nine 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 five. What? Like, what? What? <laughs> so when I finally hit it, let's just say my cat thought I'd lost my mind. I'm dancing in the room and he's looking up at me like, can I just have my dinner now? Like, what, what is going on? I think we need to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard to grow Instagram for anybody these days. And if you weren't one of those makers that got into Instagram when it was easy, when it was chronological, when a like was a like and it mattered right <laughs> hard it's and I have a marketing degree in, in you know master's degree in marketing and I can't figure out this damn algorithm crap <laughs> there isn't an algorithm it's just whatever Instagram wants right, right. 
I sit there and I'll, I'll, I'll log on. And I mean, I think we all follow those accounts that are like, here's the Instagram tips, those accounts. Yep, yep. And I'll log on one day and it'll be like 10 to 15 hashtags. And then I'll log on the next day and be like, it's best to only put three hashtags. I'm like, which is it? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, well, guess what? It's getting no hashtags today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I cannot for the life of me, you have figured this out better than me. I feel like I'm too old to do reels. Oh no. Reels and I so hate fun. showing my face on social media. No. Hate showing my face. <laughs> and I am so bad at doing a reel that it takes me hours that I don't have. And I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. I feel too old. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the terms. And then I, I tell you and I'm like, I'm 33 and I'm officially 33 going on 80. Like what is going on? Okay. Yeah. You can't use that excuse. I just turned 40. So if I can do a real, you can do a real. <laughs> Your reels rock. I can't figure them out for the life of me. And then by the time I finally figure out like a song that's trending, I'm like, Oh, it's not trending anymore. <laughs> I don't have enough time to get on it when it's trending and actually make the reel before it's not trending anymore. I don't know how people do this. Well, I will say what really actually, like I was really excited when Instagram got reels because I had been on TikTok for a while okay. and I was actually really loving TikTok. I was okay. loving TikTok because I figured out how to tell a story in eight to 15 seconds. Ooh, I struggle with that. So, I mean, but I had until then I had, you know, in my first few TikToks, I quite a few of my first few TikToks are horrible, but it's like progress, you know, but it's like, if you just do it every day, you start to learn from it. And so I was trying to take what I was learning from TikTok over to Instagram and I was having some success and just putting it on like regular post videos. Mm-hmm. But then when, when the thread of TikTok was going to go away, so Instagram came out with reels, I was like, yes, <laughs> like, cause then I just have to do the work once. Like I just have to yeah. video it once and then, you know, well, you can still video I, it once and then just post above. I know, but like, you know, so if you come to WorkbenchCon in February, we will sit down and chat and I will get you to do a reel while we're there. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I just, I'm one of those that even though that's what my degree is in. I'm really bad at following through on Instagram. And even if you look through like my main page of Instagram with all the posts, like I can go weeks b- between posts because I feel like what I do every day is very similar, mm-hmm. very monotonous. And I'm like, people don't want to see the same thing 5 million times. And then how can I make that different? I struggle with that. I really, I get it. Really struggle with social media. So I can say I totally get that because I was always in, I was in the same mindset and I can still find myself in the same mindset. However, only like one to 3% of your following actually sees what you post. True. So like, that's a, that's a, let's feel bad about this for a second. (laughs) But, but it's good in one way because it means you could post the same thing five days in a row and not yeah, the same person is, and different people are going to see it. The second thing is, is you're too close to it. So you find it yeah. like, well, of course. I find it boring because I did yes. it all day. Right. Because you did it all day. <laughs> and so there's like nothing to learn about it. But you have to remember the people who are coming to watch that don't do it every day. Yeah. And I've, and I've started <laughs> definitely taking way more behind the scenes videos, behind the scenes mm-hmm. photos. Um, I'm just not clicking with the, cause everyone always says like, you can't just post a photo for posting a photo. 
and they're like it needs to bring the audience some type of like add something to their day like give them knowledge or give them and I'm like I don't have knowledge to share (laughs) yes you do I sit there most (laughs) of the time and I'm like this is so basic I don't know what like I don't know how this is helping anybody well you do now I'm working through it Yes. You do know there's somebody now. There's a person named Katie in Iowa who may potentially be getting a CNC and I would love to see all of your boring oh, CNC. Then I will start posting <laughs> way more about the CNC. It's funny because one of the other local woodworkers, um, after I met him, you know, through the stress test and all that, he he realized I had a CNC and he's like, oh my God, I'm buying one. What do I need to know? And I had this moment of like, someone came to me <laughs> and I know that sounds right. so like bad for me to say but at the same time like I don't think people quite understand like as a woman in this space when a guy is asking you for information how like just it makes you feel incredible yeah it makes you feel like oh I'm validated like I belong <laughs> in this community that was, that was the first time I've had a guy ever ask me for advice on woodworking. And man, that put me on cloud nine for like a week. You just need to have them keep like occasionally pinging you with questions and then. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you just like make up some questions yeah. every other week? That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Christy, we're like at the end of our time together. Yeah. So I want to give you a chance though, to let everyone know how they can find you, follow along with you, all that good stuff. Well, you can come follow along my social media journey that I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> at Wilkerson Handmade on both Facebook and Instagram. And then my website is wilkersonhandmade.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Yes. All right, so again, that was Christy of Wilkerson Handmade, and I'll include the links on how you can follow along with Christy in the show notes for today's episode. You can find the show notes by checking the description on your podcast app for today, or you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, check the description box down below. Lastly, head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast, and you'll find today's episode along with all the previous episodes in their show notes. Please make sure to follow along with the podcast over on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution. And if you like today's episode, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow, especially on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, when I'm not making podcast episodes, you can find me designing and making furniture, home decor, art, all kinds of oddball things at freemanfurnishings.com and at freemanfurnishings across all the social media platforms. I am active on a daily basis over on Instagram at freemanfurnishings and I'm pretty close to daily over on TikTok at freemanfurnishings. So come on over and say hi. All right, it's the end of the week. I hope you all had a great week and I hope you have lots of making in your future this weekend. As always, let's go craft a revolution. Solution for the toxic masculinities. Pollution is the constant evolution of the.